We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Dateables, if you're looking for a new episode of the Dateable Podcast, guess what? You're in the right place. Welcome to another episode of the Dateable Podcast. (laughs) I was scared for a minute. (laughs) For any of our new listeners, are you confused? If you are, we did a really good job. Welcome to our show. We're back again with another awesome episode for you. We are recording this ahead of time because me, UA, I'm currently on vacation. If you're hearing this right now, hopefully I'm off the grid and (laughs) not checking my emails and my phone as much. But we are we're recording this into the future. Yes. And if you missed last week's episode, which you should check out, by the way, if you did miss mm-hmm. it, UA did share that her partner for their four year anniversary is planning a secret vacation that she does not know where she's going. And I'm dying to know. So I can't wait till <laughs> you could report back to all of us. Do you have any like predictions of where you're well, going? Okay. The funny thing is by the time this airs, I hope I know where I'm going because I would be halfway <laughs> through my vacation. But uh, he did send me this image board and it had a lot of beachy vibes, looked very European, mm. a lot of seafood, uh, water, cruise. No, not cruise, but boats. So I'm thinking somewhere like south of France. I don't know. That's where I'm thinking or even Italy. Do you need your passport? Has he told you I do you need my much? passport. It is an okay. international trip. It's not New Jersey. I did confirm that. (laughs) (laughs) Jersey Shore he's taking you to. He's like just using your passport to throw you off. (laughs) 
he keeps joking with people. Whoever asks, he's like, we're going to Jersey. No offense oh to anybody God. who lives in Jersey, but definitely not the dream vacation I was hoping for. That is it on your Pinterest board, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for a five year, you know, I, I want to work up to Jersey. Gotta but save the good then. stuff. <laughs> well, very exciting. And I cannot wait to live vicariously through you and stalk your Instagram. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be sending you all the photos. I'm already sending you all the photos. <laughs> photos as we are talking into the future uh this well, episode though <laughs> yeah let's let's be present and coming back to the present episode we spoke to a friend of mine that i've been friends with since new york and her name is sonica and she's been i mean we've been through each other's lives through all the good and the bad and the ugly of dating and now that we're both in the same city in LA, she's been, you know, catching me up on her dating life. And we had this moment of like, why is dating so bad? Why is there so much bad dating behavior? And I think she cracked the code on why that is. Yeah, you know, as soon as you told me this, I'm like, we need to have her on. And it's really interesting, too. I was at a friend's daughter's birthday. So a lot of my friends have kids, they are totally out of the dating scene. But a few of them, they obviously know I do this podcast. And some of the folks I haven't seen in a while, they were asking just out of curiosity. One of them was a mutual friend of ours, UA, that used to work in a dating app. And she was uh-huh, saying, yep. she was curious, you know who it is. She was curious mm-hmm. of what were people's sentiments towards modern dating today. Mm-hmm. And my initial reaction was, it's gotten worse. I feel like yeah. people are not as hopeful. And it's really sad and disheartening. And I think you and I share the same mission of how do we start to save modern dating and not continue to go down this path where everyone is just kind of basking in the misery. And, you know, I think this episode is really great because it really, you could hear the frustration in Sadika's voice of this, that this concept of what we're calling the lowest common denominator, basically that if everyone else behaves a shitty way, that makes you do the same thing, even if that's not what you want to do. So if everyone else ghosts, that means that you're going to ghost because it becomes the culture of dating. And I think that's a really bad path to go down. And we're hoping by raising awareness of this, and I think she was able to put it into a term that a lot of people are feeling. It's like, why would I rearrange my schedule if I think this person is just going to flake on me? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to cancel at the last minute because I got busy. That just sets up a perpetual bad environment that we none of us want, including the people that are doing it. No shit. I mean, not all superheroes wear capes. Some wear (laughs) microphones. And here we are trying to save modern dating because we truly believe we're in some sort of crisis here. If you go on social media, because we like to use hashtags, you know, to get more views. And if you do hashtag dating sucks, it's like billions and billions of hits. But if you say better dating, we use the hashtag better dating or how to how to date better. It gets like thousands of hits. That's just the difference right there, because people actually want to create more content about debt bad dating. How many times have you met someone else? They want to talk about dating. And the first thing they do is talk about how terrible it is. And they want to tell you about a story because they experience really bad dating behavior. and They think it's entertaining at this point, right? It's so bad. And then we just feed into each other's negativity. Yeah. I mean, that was even one of the catalysts of starting this podcast in the first place. It's funny that we've kind of come full circle with making it more of a defined mission. But I remember there was this article that surfaced way back in the day of like why dating in San Francisco is the worst. Oh, I've yes. come to realize that every city has that article. Everywhere. Basically. 
<laughs> but why would clickbait. that be, you know, like it is clickbait and people want to, f- there is this misery loves company feeling. And I think it's good because we don't feel like we're alone. Hopefully by the end of this episode, we've come to some ideas of how to move out of it. The first step is awareness with everything. And then the next step is action. So this is the challenge for us, right? When we got Sonica on the show, when we were doing our interview, it was very easy to talk about what is wrong. But then mm-hmm. it was a very collaborative effort to figure out how do we end this? and Or at least how do I take more accountability for my actions so that I don't succumb to the lowest common denominator. So we hope you can join us in this journey. It's not about us telling you how to get out. It's like we got to be in this together and we got to do this as a movement. It can't just be an individual individual action. Yeah. I mean, I do think, though, it needs to start with yourself. Like, yes, it needs to be collective because, yeah, it's going to get taxing and wearing if you're the only one that's doing good dating behavior and everyone else isn't. Absolutely. But I love this quote. That, you know, to see change in the world, you need to be Mm -hmm. the first person to change. And we recognize in this episode, Sonic is the first to admit that she does the same thing she complains about. And why is she doing this in dating when she doesn't behave this way in normal life? So we do need to take that accountability. And I really do believe as someone, you know, that met someone on a dating app, there's a lot of people that aren't looking for the same thing as you. There's a lot of people that don't have the same level of self-awareness or emotional intelligence or all the other buzzwords out there. But (laughs) it's your job to realize that they're not even worth your time fixating on, like just move on to find the people that are on the same level as you. And I think in a way, it might feel daunting that, you know, I know so much or I have this standard and maybe no one can meet the standard. But personally, I believe it's better to go on less dates with people that are on the same wavelength as you than continue to succumb to the lowest denominator and be with people that aren't. Yeah, because when you expose yourself to that, then you think that's all that's out there. But Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people who don't want to be that, who are trying to get out of that. And you can be part of the movement of getting out of that. When you succumb to the bad dating behavior, that's when you're part of the problem. And this is a question we ask everyone whenever they want to tell us a bad dating story. They go, oh, I went on the date with this person and they did this. And then the question we ask back is, have you done that before? (laughs) Have you been guilty of it before? And more often than not, they're like, yeah, actually, I, I do that. I do that pretty often. So yeah, look to yourself first. You can, so easy to complain about other people, but you can control what they do. You can only control what you do. Absolutely. Don't you wish you were on dating apps right now, UA? I, I <laughs> funny, a funny story is that I am on dating apps. Well, not as me, as a fake profile, because uh, oh God, I was helping a guy friend with some stuff, and I just want to see what was oh out my there. God. And so I've been swiping for him. I've been doing some messaging for him. So I am him. I'm he. <laughs> and... Yeah, it's so fun, Julie, to be on the other side because now I'm matching with girls, right? And I'm seeing yeah. what's... It's the same shit, y'all. Like we say, ah, oh, men always say this or women always say this. It's ex- exact same shit. Everybody does this <laughs> exact same open the openers. Everybody makes the same oh, yeah. fucking jokes. Everyone ghosts in the, <laughs> the same way. They fade out in the same way. It's like so 
dumb. We should, we, can't, we gotta stop complaining about each other because we're doing the exact same shit to each other. Did I tell you that one night I was out with um, one of our mutual friends and we may have had a few drinks and she agreed to let me install Hinge on my phone <gasps> as her because I told her that part of her problem is she chooses the wrong people. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was going through on Hinge that night. Clearly didn't get too far because we were out. The next day though, she messaged me and she's like, why am I getting all these messages <laughs> from these random guys that I'm not interested in. I was like, oh, you don't remember that you let me take over your hedge? Whoa. And she's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, oh. you know, the novelty has also worn off for me. So I'm good giving it back to you. Damn. I was like, this was a lot more fun when I had a few drinks under my belt. <laughs> now this is just difficult again. <laughs> Damn. Ah, oh, that would be so fun. I do think I could have helped her. <laughs> I think so too. Sometimes your friends know you better than yourself. And sometimes your friends are more open-minded than you. The last, the yeah. last, last guy I dated was because my friends were drunk in Napa. They were swiping for me and they matched with this guy. And I ended up seeing this guy for a while. He was great. Yeah. So, you know, there's sometimes it's just, you know what, letting go and putting in the hands of the universe. And the, by the universe, I mean your friends, your drunk friends. <laughs> the last guy that you dated, too, outside of that, your like last serious relationship, it was because mm-hmm. you opened your age filters for a dating experiment we did. Oh, yes. Good memory. Oh, my God. Yes. And he barely made the cutoff. But this arbitrary cutoff anyways, right? It's a stupid arbitrary cutoff. So stupid. You know, it's like 39 or 40. Like, what's the difference? You know, all this stuff. It's so ridiculous. It's so weird. The things we think we know we want, the things we think we have control over, end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. We're just (laughs) swiping based on criteria that really doesn't make sense for life. Yeah, we got to contribute to an article with Bored Panda, actually, that we put in our Instagram and on Facebook, too. If you missed it, you can go search for it. But it was actually really interesting because it was secrets of people that worked at dating apps. And then we also got included, which is what we know. (laughs) And, you know, I think a big piece of it, we've said this before, it's that we dating apps, the way they are designed, make us focus on things that don't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, the age filter, the height filter, all this stuff, because that's the data they have. They don't know if this person's kind. They don't know if this person's trustworthy. They don't know even if they're funny or charismatic or can hold a real conversation. We don't know any of that. So the more we can, you know, stop pretending like the profile is going to tell us and really just focusing on the convo we have. And that is how you get around the lowest common denominator. Obviously, you need to be at the level that you expect yourself. But then you Mm -hmm. judge from the interaction. If someone's, you know, not responding in a timely manner or seems to never want to go on a date or text or anything, anything that's like basic consistency that's required for a relationship, then you know, and you can move on, find someone that's operating at a higher level. If you look at the basic principles of the pickup community, and I don't like talking about the pickup community in this sense, but in the technical sense, they have this thing called mirroring, where if someone mirrors your moves, it means that they are interested in you. But we can take that principle and apply it to dating behavior. If you do the behavior that you want, then -hmm. if someone mirrors that behavior, it means they like you, they respect you, and they're doing the things that you want. Instead of you trying to like mirror other people's bad dating behavior, you be the good example and then have other people mirror you back. And if they don't, you know they're not the right person. Right. We're giving dating apps just way too much 
power. We're giving them way too much power. Yeah. And we're the ones in control here. We don't need to look at it like I'm just going to do what everyone else does or the dating apps are set up this way. So I'm going to do it that way. What do you want? What's important to you? And what standards are you going to have for how you operate in a relationship? We talked about on last week's episode, like how each relationship builds when the relationship we have with ourselves builds to who we want to ultimately become and the qualities Mm -hmm. we need in a partnership. Knowing that and keeping yourself accountable to that solves a lot of these problems easily. It sure does. It sure does. You only have control over yourself. Don't give that control over to the dating apps or to the people that you haven't met yet. You control your own actions. It's like, I feel like we're just a broken record at this point. We keep saying the same things. But come on, y'all, we got to shake you. Like, I want this (laughs) message to get through to you, because if we all subscribe to this belief, then modern dating would be a whole lot better. Yes. And I think, too, you know, we teaser alert, we do have an episode coming up with the head of communications at OkCupid. And, you know, as someone that found love on a dating app, and that also knows the ins and outs, we've said this before, too, but no one at a dating app is out to get any of us. No. They're really trying to make it easier to let you meet all these people that are on the same yes. boat and at least being single from there, it's up to humans and for us to do it. So I think the saving modern dating comes down to our own behaviors and the behavior of others. And that's really where this whole lowest common denominator comes in. For sure. So we'll just have Sonica explain what all that means. Yes. And before we get into it, you know where there's 2000 plus other people that are looking to save modern dating? in our Facebook group. So if you're not in there (laughs) yet, go to Love in the Time of Corona. This is my biggest mystery in life is why all the people on there are so freaking incredible yet feel like there's no one else good on dating apps yet they're all on dating apps. So clearly, we're just not finding each other because we know that there's good quality people (laughs) that are on the apps. So it's a myth that we're not. So that's my little soapbox there. But also at Dateable Podcast on Instagram, you can connect with us, send us your brunch talk questions through DM or hello at datablepodcast.com. Okay, and let's get into a few messages from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Aurelia. We are excited to pamper ourselves with some high quality lingerie. Yay! Oh my god, I could not wait to open my box. I know. Well, Aurelia is a premium curated lingerie and sleepwear subscription box with 100% 5 out of 5 client ratings. Yeah, and I love that you filled out a style quiz about your sizes and preferences, Mm. and then a dedicated stylist curated two to three pieces of lingerie or sleepwear per box. How fun is it having beautiful lingerie delivered to your doorstep? And I'm loving everything in my box, so it's hard for me to choose a favorite piece. I don't know about you. Same, but I am gravitating to this lace brawn underwear set that's black, that's sexy, but also comfortable. Comfort is key. The set I'm wearing at night now, it's this floral cami and short set. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. And it is, oh my God, comfortable. And shipping's free for the US, UK, and Canada, not to mention Aurelia is owned by a beautiful and fabulous woman of color. For a limited time, Dateable listeners get 10% off their first monthly or seasonal box. Yes, just enter the code Dateable10 at checkout. Go to AureliaBox.com. That's Aurelia, A-U-R-E-L-I-A, box.com and enter the code Dateable10 for 10% off. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. 
Do you ever feel like you're dwelling on something? I remember I used to dwell about dates that went nowhere and wondering what happened. But now looking back on it, I wish I could have focused more on solutions to help me move forward. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. My BetterHelp therapist helps guide me through frameworks of problem solving, which I love because I would much rather someone lead me to the answers than just tell me what to do. It has been so healing to speak with someone who genuinely cares about my well-being, and I feel like I'm in good hands with a professional. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief survey and you'll be matched with a therapist. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com dateable today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Okay, let's hear it from Sonica about the lowest common denominator. We talk about dating and modern dating. And, you know, so many people are frustrated with dating and the bad dating behavior. But there's also this notion that we are part of the problem Mm -hmm. as well. The people who are complaining about bad dating behavior are also doing that said bad dating behavior. And why is that? That's what we want to dissect today with Sonica like Monica. What's up, girl? (laughs) She is 38 years old, lives in LA. She was born in India, raised in NorCal, uh, and then also moved to LA and New York. And that's where Sonica and I met. It's in New York. She's hooking up, having fun, single and actively going on dates and dating someone, but haven't defined the relationship. Pretty much check, check, check all the... (laughs) All the situationships yeah. that you could possibly yeah. think of. Thinking of we uh, out there. You are so modern dating right now. <laughs> Not defining So anything. how did this come about? I think I texted Julie that night after going out with Sonica and our other friend. And I was like, brilliant. Sonica was talking about how we succumb to the worst dating behavior possible, what you call the lowest common denominator, which also it's a toxic cycle where you engage in bad dating behavior. And then that just begets worse and worse dating behavior. That's what we do. And why do we do this? It's the question on all of our minds. But let's just start from that spot right there. What has been your experience with dating apps? Well, I think, you know, when we were having that conversation, I was bringing it up out of frustration, right? I was like, I know I can, I know I can be better, but I'm defaulting to this mode that I almost feel like I've learned. I'm a pretty self-reflective person. So I'm pulling apart, like, why is my behavior like this? Why am I actually, you know, resorting to whether it be ghosting or saying hi to somebody on an app and then just kind of like disappearing or trying to set up a coffee date. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Oh, my life's a little busy. How about next, next weekend? And then just never making it happen, right? Mm -hmm. You can say that dating apps are kind of like that. You're meeting somebody for the first time. You don't have to really show up because you don't know this person. They're a stranger. So it's not exactly the same thing as saying, oh, in my professional career, I wouldn't do that. Oh, with my friends and family, I wouldn't do that because you have accountability there. You already have a relationship with those people and other things there. So it's not a perfect analogy, but Every other thing I do, I'm on top of. Every other person I speak to, I follow mm-hmm. up with. Every other new vendor in my particular job and industry, every other new contact I get through a third party that's not really like, eh, I could message this person, have coffee with them, or I couldn't. Somebody in my life who's like, hey, so-and-so, I think it would be great for you just like touch base with them, network with them. 
it would be great for them to pick your brain. Would you be open to that? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let me mm-hmm. make sure I put this in my calendar. Let me make sure I show up for this person. Let me make sure I do this stuff. And I don't do it when I start on the dating apps. Mm-hmm. I thought about it and I was like, I do it because it happens to me. And I just kind of have fallen into this behavior. Maybe it's my mentality. Maybe it's something like, oh, well, everyone's kind of okay with this, right? Mm-hmm. The lowest common denominator. Everyone's kind of okay with this. But I remember not being like that before when I first got on dating apps or even prior to dating And I'm definitely not like that in any other aspect of my life. Okay, so I want to go back to where you were when you first started dating apps, when you were naive and you didn't know how they Mm -hmm. operated. Like, What was your mentality then versus now? So I was late to the game because I was in a um, committed, like long-term relationship with somebody when dating apps really came on the scene. I was in New York and I was the, I was the person, I was like that friend who's in a relationship who's like, let me see your app. I want to swipe. So I do the window shopping for other friends, you know, (laughs) I'd be like, oh, this is fun because I have have no skin in the game here. So this is fun for me. I'm just going to swipe on this app. But I didn't have any reference to what it actually meant to engage in any conversation past the swiping. And all the jokes are about swiping right and left. So that relationship ended, gave it a little bit of time. And I was like, okay, let's try this. I haven't really ever set up a dating app before. I've never set up a profile. I think the ones I started with, and I was bouncing around because I didn't really understand how to use some of them. So Tinder, of course, was the number one that mm-hmm. everyone kind of started with. And then Bumble <laughs> the gateway. Like, came through. Yeah, the, the gateway dating app. Then Bumble was next, which was a little better, especially for somebody like me, like to have some control and be a little safer in the dating app world. I think that's how it kind of positioned itself mm-hmm. on that mm-hmm. spectrum of dating apps. And so I'm, again, trying this out. Like you said, Julie, totally naive. I'm just swiping. I'm like, yeah, great. Oh, this guy. <laughs> cool. We matched. Hooray, you know, and I'm like, how's it going? What's up? I'd look at the profile. I'd like study it. I'd come up with some really witty quip and like a funny something to say back to him or like some Mm -hmm. other nuanced, you know, oh, I see that you referenced this obscure movie. I also watched it too. And then I'd bring up a line that was even more obscure to like connect. Zero. Nothing. Nothing came back. And I started explaining it to some of my friends. I'm like, I don't know. I think this is a really funny one-liner that I came up with or whatever it is to attract some attention. Mm -hmm. And I started getting people responding to me saying like, you are trying too hard or you are being too funny or you Mm. are... Too you, funny. Wow. You're like, you're too, intru- you're coming at it. He has nothing to say back to you, right? Like you're, mm. you're being too, you're connecting too much. Too you're, much. Yeah. <laughs> like you're doing it too well, right? And that's, mm-hmm. and, but I was coming at it uh, again, as I said earlier, on the same kind of lines of everything else that I meet. You meet somebody mm-hmm. through an acquaintance or somebody who's like, you introduces me to somebody at a party. Like, oh, it's okay. You might like so-and-so. Like they do that yeah. and then walks away and leaves us to have a conversation. I'm going to be right. engaging. I'm going to have follow-up questions. I'm going to ask you about stuff. So I was using the same tactics in these dating apps and I was not getting any responses at all. Or the responses were kind of like, well, what are you doing now? And I'm like, well, right now I'm not... <laughs> That, I don't know what, what about that, that witty line I just sent you. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, we have a connection. <laughs> so nothing was really happening in that end. And I was told I needed to dumb it down. That was the big okay. takeaway. Dumb oh, it down, fuck. Sonica. You need to dumb it down. Like you're, you're making it work too much almost, right? Like you're putting in the effort too much. So then I started with that. And then over the next few, whatever it was, like weeks, months, however, you know, I was going on a date here, maybe not, and maybe connecting. And then, then it started to fall through. But I was in New York as well. So taking into consideration, I think you guys talk about this on your podcast, 
different cities and the way people date in different cities. And in New mm-hmm. York, everyone's kind of like, hey, I'm at work. I've got a really busy day and yeah. I can make happy hour on Thursday and this neighborhood at 630. We can meet at this bar on this corner because yeah. it's on my way minutes. to whatever. 15, <laughs> yeah. Which is totally cool. Not a problem. I was down for that. That's great. Fit in mm-hmm. with my lifestyle too. And then, you know, I think somebody was like, Hey, something happened at work. I have to like, I have a meeting that I have to prep for tomorrow. I can't, I have to stay late. And I totally understood it. Same thing happened to me too. So I was like, don't worry about it. No problem. And then that just kind of fizzled out. Okay. Nothing personal. Nothing happened there. So it wasn't a big deal. But then I started using that tactic too. So when I was like, I'm like fried from work or I have to stay late or like, I'm going to be like running to get to this date. And I don't really, I don't know. Like, oh yeah, tomorrow I do have to get up to do that presentation. Let me just use Perpetual cycle is what this is. Something came up with work. I just have to do this. I want to meet you maybe another day. And the other person on the other side, totally cool. I get it. Mm -hmm. It happens to me too. Right. And then I just- They probably do it to someone else, right? And I just never went on dates, (laughs) right? Because I just continue to not go on dates. Then it turns into the longer you're on apps and you you go through ebb and flows of being really bitter and then being hopeful and being bitter and being Mm -hmm. hopeful. And the pendulum continues to swing back and forth. But then I started just doing the ghosting thing. Then I started just like Mm. connecting, chat, 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 sit on there 30 minutes, an hour of texting back and forth on the app one night when you match this and that. Let's talk about everything. Hey, do you want to like get a drink sometime? Like, yeah, sure. Let me check my schedule. And then never write back to that person again. But I would do that and they would do that Mm. and now we're just doing Mm. this dance and it's a continuous kind of like almost you know i don't know you guys have done more research on like which days are the days that people get on the apps i think like it's a sunday 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 and so then everyone's on and everyone's making these little like non-committal commitments right (laughs) and And then then like by monday they've forgotten about all of them basically right (laughs) but i was leaning on that non-commitment as well and I was like, okay, yeah. let me just make a connection so I can feel a connection to somebody. And then I don't actually have to come through on it. I don't have to be accountable because in this world, there is no accountability. So the, right. the question for me ended up being like, how do I bridge the gap between my real life, my real self, the actual person I am to the people around me who is yeah. accountable and then trying to actually, I'm on a dating app because I'm trying to find somebody to be with guys. Yeah, like, right. how, do I, how do I show that same part of myself? But I'm still leaning on this behavior of being unaccountable or getting away with stuff. How do you build a relationship on something? Right. Well, it's hard because, yeah. And it's hard, though, because, you know, it's hard to make it a priority when you feel like no one else is making it a priority. And, you know, if if you just feel like I think about it like as a work example, like if the culture of the company is to do the bare minimum, why would you like start exceeding that? Like, you know, if you're not going to get rewarded for that and people are just like, why are you doing that? Why would you do it? It doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, that's probably like a company's worst nightmare to have a bunch of people that don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, it's a stalemate. Nothing happens. But for some reason, we hang on to that initial match, the initial Mm -hmm. connection, the initial conversation gets you a little riled up Mm -hmm. only to set you up for disappointment. And we do this to ourselves. We do do this to other people. You know, my favorite quote is we're all each other's consequences. (laughs) This is exactly that. It's the prime example of being each other's consequences. Uh, let's get back to your story because I feel like the story is very 
telling of where you are today. Right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Maybe it's full circle. Maybe it's half circle. I'm not really quite sure. Well, you guys can decide. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm telling this story a little bit as, as we first started this conversation, UA and I went to dinner. I was, it was the first time I'm kind of like coming up with this, what does this mean? This lowest common denominator. I'm doing it. Like, what does it really mean for modern dating? And UA, of course, is the person who I want to have this conversation with because she is (laughs) the expert in this. So I'm just having my own little moment of self-reflection on my dating world and what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And as I'm having this conversation with a couple other friends over the course of like a couple of weeks, it jogs my memory to something. I was like, oh, you know, it's weird because I remember having a situation where a bizarre kind of ghosting experience happened. And at that time, everybody around me thought it was really strange behavior. But now we're all of a sudden in a place that it's totally normalized. Mm-hmm. And the normalization of it makes it really challenging to like ask the question why we do it because it's just mm. the way it is, right? It's just the way mm-hmm. it is. So right. the story is years ago, this is pre all dating apps. Like, t- I mean, you know, 10 years ago plus maybe uh, I'm in my early twenties. I'm not looking for like a committed married life. Like I'm in New York, I'm in design school. I'm newly in this city and I'm exploring it, but I end up meeting this guy and we just kind of fall into a relationship and it kind of happens r- relatively quickly in the space and time of like, he finally, he, we met, he didn't live in New York. He ended up moving to New York within a couple months and we had kept in touch. And so by the time he moved to New York, then we just kind of like were together because we had mm-hmm. been in touch, but we had never really set it up. Like when you get here, we're going to be in a monogamous relationship. It just ended up that way, but it was a committed, totally official boyfriend, girlfriend relationship. And we had a great time. Moved to New York, went to like all of the Brooklyn rooftop parties during the summer, you know, like just mm-hmm. that great, perfect, just non-consequential relationship. But it was everything that we both wanted. We get closer to about the one year mark, I would say, of us being together. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like I've met his mother, we've like done Christmases and uh, not with family, but with each other, Christmases and birthdays and things like that. Mm-hmm. So at some point, he, like his behavior starts to change a little bit. We have our own issues that we're kind of getting through. And then at one day, I never hear from him again. Mm. And that was it. He doesn't respond to my text messages. And we've been in conversation, obviously, every single day for a year. Like we text each other all the time. We're boyfriend and girlfriend. And that's it. And that's it. Never hear. Don't. He doesn't respond to text messages. I email. I'm like, hello. Are you okay? What's going on? Like, I'd be concerned. Someone's like dead or something. Yeah. And so, of course, like, I I have have some mutual connections, but not really. And that. So I was like, well, I'll just stop by his place, like ring the doorbell. His roommates are, you know, like, hey, what's up? Yeah. What's going on? Ring the doorbell. His roommate, you know, is on the buzzer. Um, I'm like, hey, you know, he's here. And, and they're like, oh, uh, no, he's not. I was like, oh, he is. <laughs> okay. Like, I know that he's up there and you're discovering. Wow. Him. So it just kind of went on like that. And it ended in a way that was just so strange and so bizarre. He didn't really break up with me for whatever reason. Like, I can look back at it now yeah. and I can understand, like, we were young or he didn't have the capacity to or he didn't have the words, whatever it is. Like, that stuff happens. But I remember specifically when I was obviously heartbroken, obviously very distraught. It was a traumatic experience, all of that. And I was telling the story to other friends because friends would be like, hey, how's your boyfriend? I'm like, he's not my boyfriend anymore. I don't know. Don't know what happened to him. I don't know how he is, actually. I'm not sure. Ghosting wasn't even a word I used. I just said, like, I just don't know. Mm -hmm. He's just not responding to me anymore. And every Mm -hmm. single person I spoke to, whether it was a girlfriend or a guy friend or friends who were a couple, you know, like, Every single person was like, that is the most bizarre behavior I've ever heard. How could mm-hmm. somebody right. just not respond to you that you've 
been with yeah. that everybody <laughs> knew that you were together yeah. so now and I, I honestly i really hadn't thought about that relationship in a long time because it was such a long time ago but i was like oh back then that was like crazy and now yep. every day it's like oh another ghost. Yeah. I mean, I think a big piece of it's the normalization. I mean, there was a few things that are standing out. I love your thoughts on this, Sonica. It's like the normalization of all these terms gives it a word. You said that yourself before Mm -hmm. there wasn't a word. The anonymity of the internet, I think, is a big piece of it, too, that makes it just easy to do this type of thing. What else do you think is part of the reason why this is the norm now? I mean, I think there's a little difference like i would still argue that maybe like a year in that's pretty shocking even today but i see your point of like ghosting as a whole and someone just disappearing in the midst of the courtship or budding romance Mm -hmm. isn't isn't news anymore like people wouldn't bat an eye at this point Mm -hmm. like why do you think from your experiences with the lowest common denominator that like this happens more in today's world i think that you hit the nail on the head i think it is that um you know, we're inundated with such a high level of quantity or choice Mm -hmm. because of the digitization of dating and that, that ability to set your, your region, you can be five miles or 105 miles. Like how many people do you want to cast your net out to? Right. And so that along with just not, you know, we, I think we live in a society that's very disposable in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. I think that we live our lives yes. that way. And I also think that the higher count, the higher number of options makes it extremely difficult to make a decision, right? So if you had to choose between three different dishes to eat, you'd make a choice pretty quickly. Like, oh, I know I, I want this. If you had 17 different dishes, it'd be a little bit harder to be like, well, I'm kind of in the mood for a lot of different stuff. So, you know, where do you draw that line as far as what you want in your life and then how you're going to show up to it. So that's the conversation. That's kind of the question that I was asking myself, like, how am I choosing to show up to this now? Like, this is the way it is. Mm. This is modern dating. This, yes, I, the the nets are cast, however wide they are, you know, however many people you're catching, what is it that I want to do here? And how do I want to experience this? And what's the intention Mm -hmm. that I have in this? Because obviously I don't align to ghosting. I don't align. That's not how I am in, in my real world. That's not how the kind of partner I want to be to somebody who right. I potentially could right. meet in this way. Well, you also brought up something else that's very interesting is that when we put a name to it, it's mm-hmm. harder for us to ask why it's mm-hmm. happening or even to call out someone for it happening because someone's answer is just, that's the way mm-hmm. it is. That's right. the way modern dating is. And we created this culture where we see that as the norm of everyday dating behavior, kind of like you come to the U.S., you throw up your middle finger, that's a fuck you. Oh, okay, that's part of culture. Like right. this ghosting is now that you know middle finger, like, oh, that's just what you do. Nobody questions right. why right. you do it. So what do we, where are you now? Now that you've got, you're at a crossroads. Right. Yeah. Do I want to show up as my most authentic self in dating? What are your latest takeaways? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a day-to-day thing, right? Because it's a decision you have to make every single day. And so that's challenging. I think that it's hard because, and I feel like you've spoken about this on the podcast before, when you're the only, you feel like the only person, it's a very lonely place to be in when you're like holding yourself to a standard that the community doesn't hold itself to. And that's what's frustrating, even in, getting advice about dating or these ghosting type situations, whatever it is, the 
constant feedback is, oh, well, you dodged a bullet. Oh, well, if after a week, mm-hmm. if he didn't get back yeah. to you, if after a month, he didn't get back to you, if after three months, it's, just, and it's not just a he or she thing, right? Like I'm gendering it because of my perspective, but whoever that person is, after six months, all of a sudden it just ended. We were like working towards, I thought we had a relationship. We were start, you know, whatever it is, it stops. Right. That is still, oh, well, you dodged a bullet. Oh, good. okay. Just like get back on the horse, get, get mm-hmm. back out there. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think that makes sense for the way we exist as humans. I think that you need time mm. to express and, you know, like have these emotions and you, it's totally okay to be upset about stuff like that. And it's totally okay to say mm-hmm. like, that's not okay. Ghosting is not okay. You have to have some accountability and you have to be able to speak to it. Mm-hmm. So as hard as it is, you try and have those hard conversations. You try and say like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is where I'm at. But even those get really nuanced, right? To what degree do you call somebody mm-hmm. up? Do you text them? Do you like, Hey, let's go for coffee. And I'm going to break up with you. <laughs> Yeah, have right? you done any of those? Like, yeah. have you had those combos? No, I mean, I'm, I, in a, in a bizarre way, I was thinking about this earlier today. I feel, I don't know if it's just because it's summertime and, you know, like everyone's out, like it's a little bit different now, but I almost lean towards now and it might be a product of just being on dating apps for as long as all of us have uh, on and off, just going with the flow rolling with it, like not necessarily having to have really hard conversations until it gets to a place where the Mm -hmm. feeling is more than it is, which Mm -hmm. makes the courtship thing feel very free, but also a little bit like nondescript, like anything can be courting and we can go on a date and then we can also just never see each other again. And I have to be kind of okay with that all the time. Like I just have to be okay with never really connecting or never really holding on to a connection. And that's really bizarre to Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I feel like this is where I'm like, my mind is racked with this whole thing. Like I'll take the example with your friends. In some regards, they're right. And in a lot of regards, they're wrong, I think. Like, in, (laughs) you know, in some, I see why they said to you what you're doing, because we hear this a lot from people in our community and listeners that it's like, it's so, I can't even imagine if you spent like an hour crafting a perfect response or even 10 minutes, whatever it is. And then that person never replies to you. That's so discouraging. It's just not a good use of your time. And the reality is with dating apps, you don't know where Mm -hmm. people are. Like there's people on dating apps that may be so far into seeing someone that has zero to do with you. They're just not even checking their dating Mm -hmm. apps, right? So Mm -hmm. there's so many nuances there. So I see what they were saying of like, you're trying too hard. You're doing that stuff. But then on the other side, I think the you're being too much and like you need to dumb yourself down is not a good message. Like that should not be how we're approaching dating just to like you're saying succumbing to the lowest common denominator, like in a way, in an ideal world. And I'd love to see if we could talk of like how we could get here. Like I feel like if you are being authentic in yourself and doing the stuff that makes you the wonderful person you are at all parts of life, like that should let you rise to the top. And filter out yes. these people that aren't doing this. What are your thoughts of like, how can we use it maybe as a positive opposed to just saying like, I'm not going to do the too much? Yeah, I think that it actually has a lot to do with, you know, the reflection that you have in yourself and, and what you bring to dating and the intentions that you bring to dating. And there's a lot of work mm-hmm. that each individual would have to do on like, what it is you're really looking for. Because you have to go into every one of those experiences open-minded, right? That's the other thing that a lot of people say, like mm-hmm. be open-minded. Maybe it could be, give it a shot, whatever. But at some point you have to be able to call it. You have to be able to say like, this yes. isn't 
the behavior that I'm looking for. This isn't the response time right. that I'm looking for, whatever it is, and communicate that effectively. But you have to know that for yourself. And I think sometimes people don't know that because they get upset about certain things or they get upset like someone has responded or hasn't responded or not in the right way, or we met up and then nothing happened. And it's like, well, where where is your line drawn? What is it that you're looking for in your dating life, in your dating experience? Mm-hmm. And then based on that, you can start to suss out yes or no, because again, there's just everybody's out there, every single person. So if we think of dating apps, if they've really replaced like that going out to a bar and then having somebody walk up to you with a one-liner or whatever it is, which is how I met the ex that I told you the story about. I saw him in a bar. I went up to him. I was like, hi, this is my name, Sonica. What's your name? Like, that's how we met. If you consider, oh, we're all in this digital bar. Like if we go into the metaverse of dating, we're all in this digital bar. Mm -hmm. And it's so scary. Just all these floating faces are just like throwing one-liners at you. You have to have... But that kind of is, is what, what it is, is yeah. right? So you have to just be like ready for it and then say like, no, yes, no, yes, <laughs> I guess, I'm sure. But the line that you draw, you being whoever the person who's dating is, right, is I'm okay with this behavior, I'm not okay with that behavior. And then you kind of have to suss it out from there. But the, it's all work. It is. I think discernment is the biggest skill that you need in dating this day and age, you know? like I Yeah. Think there's so much emphasis of being chosen or having someone respond to you or, you know, putting it on them. But it really is like us driving it. And, you know, on one side, I do think some of this is a byproduct of dating apps. Absolutely. I'm not disagreeing on that. But then on the other side, are we holding dating apps to a higher standard than real life? When you think about that bar situation, like there's probably people that come up to you that you don't want to talk to. I remember being guilty of this, like guys would come up and I would just be like, I don't want to talk to you right now. You know, like, how is it really that different? Like, whatever reason we do hold it to a different Mm -hmm. standard. Yeah, because it's it's called dating apps. Yeah. And they're not called dating (laughs) bars. You know, right. and that's or a bars, problem, right? Like dating. I feel like it's because the emphasis on dating so much. Yeah. You don't have that perspective or mindset or focus when you walk into a bar. Sure. Be nice to meet someone. But that's not the only reason why you're at a bar. But the only reason you're on a dating app is for dating. There are absolutely yeah. no other reasons why you should be on there unless if you're uh, a bored married person. Oh, just my lurking. gosh. That <laughs> the could worst. Be the only other reason. God, you have to suss that out, too. And I think it's just like. Yes, we can't blame the dating apps, but we also as humans haven't really adapted to what dating apps are doing. Because I always kind of think about my time using dating apps. You swipe on so many people that you almost need a round two. You do this when you apply for jobs, right? You have a preliminary round, then you have a round two, a third round, then you have a final round. (laughs) I feel like from the matches, then you get a second round that you match again with. So it's more intentional. And the third round is like, do you want to have a conversation with this person? Takes you through a couple different steps. I think we just can't work from zero to 60 like that, where you just no. look at someone's profile and all of a sudden, boom, you're in a conversation mm-hmm. with them. That is so wild. I think that we are putting so much pressure and expectations on these dating apps. And for you, Sonica, have you gained more clarity on what that is that you're looking for? Um. Yes and no. It's challenging because, you know, that's the goal, obviously, is to gain that clarity. But you have to be open and responsive to just kind of like how the other people on the apps are are doing, what place they're in. And so I think mm-hmm. you guys have talked about this before, like it changes with seasons, right? There's like, there's summertime, and there's cuffing mm-hmm. season, and then there's things and people are a little bit more interested in connecting or just like meeting people and just meeting people right now. Or there are these events or things to go out and do. So 
to, I, I guess it, if I, to answer your question personally, it's really just registering what the energy is that's coming back and then finding the place that mm. feels right. So if that means, you know, yeah, of course I'm looking for a relationship or looking to have a meaningful connection with somebody, but I'm, I'm also fully aware that dating apps are just these kind of big pools of people that you have to wade right. through. And so you can't walk into it reading somebody's profile and being like, yes, you're exactly what I'm looking for. Let's do this. You have to be a little bit open to that <laughs> exactly. person being like, oh, I'm kind of in this place in my life. So it's not a great answer. If you, I feel like I've also, I, the answer I'm giving you is something that I have learned from modern dating, which is just like, don't answer <laughs> it, right? Be totally vague about right. it. I'm totally vague about dating because <laughs> be I'm open about it. I'm totally vague about what it is that I want because that's kind of what dating is right now. It's a very vague space to be in. Well, you know, there's so many conflicting messages because I hear you of like, we're told to, you know, be open, but also know what we want. Like there's a lot of those messages happening. And I do think there is a balance with everything as in life, right? It's like, we can't just be like so open that we have no North Star at all either, because then it just leads to what you're talking about. You know, I think Yue, you brought up this point of like human behavior hasn't caught up to Mm -hmm. the way dating apps were designed. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also a major flaw out there that dating apps fundamentally haven't been been redesigned in years, right? They're antiquated at this point. Which is really messed up when you think about it. Like you would think someone would have had some idea to make it not this like swipe one second gut instinct on it. For me personally, like, you know, I did meet my partner on a dating app. I've met Mm -hmm. other partners on dating apps. And I really do believe they can be a good way to meet people you wouldn't normally come into contact Mm -hmm. with. But I do think that we cannot be filtering off of, like you were saying, like we can't make this judgment based off their profile and get so attached to who they are at that stage. Like We have no idea why, what brought them to this dating app. So I feel like it needs to be more on the conversation and the action and what they're actually doing that discernment again of like, are they in line with my values? Like for you, it's like, I hate that you've been like discouraged to bring your full self. Like that actually like fundamentally bothers me to be honest. Like if if I was you, (laughs) I would go like, be like, fuck it. I'm going to bring my full self. You know, if I'm the type of person that makes plans, like I'm super proactive, it makes plans. I want someone mm-hmm. else that does that too. And if I don't see that from that person, then I'm going to move on to right. someone that does. So instead of being like, I'm just going to fall to what these other people do, like how can you use your gifts almost as like a filtering mechanism? Right, exactly. And I think that's what I mean when I say like starting to date with intention, kind of having that, like it's almost mm-hmm. a, um, it's kind of a subconscious feeling. If you match with somebody on a dating app and you start to have this conversation, whatever it is, and it feels like it's really organic. The, the most successful experiences I've had is, and I'm usually the one to be like, um, yeah, I get a lot of questions about my name, Sonica. Oh, yeah, and it's so many, you need a line. Somebody needs a line to like ask a question. Yeah. Yeah. Throw them a line. I like and it. And so I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'll tell you the story about how I got my name or what it means or whatever it is like over a drink sometime. And so I just throw it out there immediately. Mm-hmm. And it might also come from doing the dating app thing in New York initially, because in New York, it's just like, hey, are we meeting? Are we not meeting? Like, that's just kind of the, the conversation right now. Like, that's the way we, we have to, mm-hmm. we have to move forward with this. And so if that, falls through or that person doesn't pick up on that and say, yeah, let's move this into real life or something like that. Or yeah, let's connect in some other way. Then 
you have to let it go. You have to kind of say like, okay, that's just one of the 90% that's going to fall to the side. And like, maybe there's a 10% chance of something that's actually going to come of this. But it took a long time to learn how to use dating apps. It took a long time to, to reset expectations in that way. And to say like, okay, well, you have to be prepared for someone to not show up. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's not anything right. about you personally. Let's hold that thought for a few messages. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The song and dance here that I hear is you want to... You want to be authentic, but you also don't sure. want to get your hopes up. Yeah. And if you put in too much effort, you can get your hopes up, which ultimately sets you up for disappointment yeah. 90% of the time. That's just a kind of that a would be it. I, I don't have proof for the stat, <laughs> yeah. but that's, I think a lot of people will resonate with that, right? <laughs> I think that is kind of the song and dance that we're all doing. But we 
only feed off of each other's energy, then yep. it becomes stalemate because yeah. then you just keep doing less. We always give that example. Um, Julie and I joke about this. It's like, if you wait an hour to text them back, yeah. they wait three hours. And then it's like, I waited six months to text this person right. back you know, just to show I have the upper hand. And at the end of the day, it's like, do you want to be in a relationship with someone who texts you yeah. back six months later? No, you don't. So I think what is nice is in my experience, I've had people to ask mm -hmm. me to meet them where they are. And what I mean mm -hmm. by this is I remember this one time I was supposed to meet up with this guy for a first date. And I had one of those days at work where I used that excuse, you know, just a really long day at work. I'm a little tired. Uh, I, I think we should reschedule. And he said, that's fine. I I totally understand. But just so you know, I made the effort this time. So if you truly want to see me, you will yeah. make the effort to ask me out. That put mm. me in my place because I was like, oh, damn, I can't just say, let's reschedule for next Saturday. And maybe yeah. it happens. Now I have mm -hmm. to be really accountable. Probably made you respect him more also. It did. He's like, my time is valuable. But that's why yes. I think like we need to like... You know, I think of like an example of like a football team, right? If there's like a really bad player, they're just like everyone else, you know, dumb yourself right? down and like be yeah. this bad player. Like that's not going to be the winning team. It's like we almost need to let the bottom feeders yeah. rise up. So <laughs> I love like what you're saying, UA, of like that guy mm -hmm. kind of putting you in your place. Like how can we do that in dating? Understanding, I think there's two sides of this. This is probably like the extreme contradiction. But it's like on one side, we do need to remember mm -hmm. that we don't know these people super well. So maybe yeah. immediately asking them out is too much. Like maybe it's easing in of like having it be more collaborative of like, what can we do to keep this momentum going? Like maybe it's, you know, we do a video first or we do a phone, whatever that may be. But then also like if they're not willing to do that and they just want to mm -hmm. chat endlessly, it's like, hey, you know, I'm on dating yeah. apps to like meet people eventually. Like I understand if you need a little time to warm into it, but like if that's not going to happen, then this probably yeah. isn't the right fit. You know, and then you move on, but you do it with dignity. Right. You're not just ghosting. Like, I think that's the only way out is like if we ourselves, like each person at a time, like goes in being authentic and showing that integrity mm -hmm. of who we yeah. are in the rest of our lives. Yeah, exactly. I think that that and that's tough to do, right? Because it takes a lot of like, not just ownership, but you, you are putting yourself that is the putting yourself out there part where you're kind of saying like, here, I'm being vulnerable. Yeah. I'm going to show you this part. I'm going to say this. Because this is the apparatus that we have to work in, uh, you know, and I would love, of course, I'm, I'm, there are other ways to find people to, to date or to meet people, and, uh, you know, you should have your whatever opportunities to do all of that. It's not just dating apps. You can't just sit in your house all day long and like swipe it up. Something comes of it. But right. um, this digital form of swiping and then trying to connect with somebody puts you in a position where you do have to like, like you were saying, you open yourself up for something, but you're not really sure where you're going to get what you're going to get from it. And then there's this back and forth that happens because the vulnerability is really challenging there. But there is an empathy, I think, Julie, maybe that's what you're speaking to, like an empathy and a compassion is saying like, okay, mm. look, like, here's where I stand. Here's mm -hmm. where you are. If you can show up, great. If you can't, then that's also okay. But I need to move on. And it takes a lot for someone to be there to say that. Yeah, we 
can't take dating apps personally. And again, I don't want to say that to like say that this behavior is okay, but the only person we can control is ourselves. And we have no idea where any of these people are coming from. Like I know I've been guilty of bad dating behavior when I've gone on apps after a breakup when I truly should Mm. not have been back on the app, right? So it's like, I do try to like cut people a little bit of lack sometimes because it's like, you have no idea what's going on in their life and where they are in their stage. But I think the more we stay true to our own values, like while, yeah, in theory, you're, you know, putting yourself up out for disappointment. But if we can balance that with recognizing, okay, I've had a five minute conversation with this person, like this doesn't Mm -hmm, define my worth in any way. It doesn't mean anything, essentially. It's just a fact that this person isn't Mm -hmm. meeting me where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all it is, right? Yeah, it's it's a problem when we don't see the person on the other side of the screen as a person. We yes. see them as text. We see them as their 2D photos. That empathy is harder to nourish because you're like, well, that's not a real person until I meet them in real life. And I also think with online dating, so many of us filter by commonalities. Mm-hmm. What do we have in common? Ooh, they like Doesn't the same matter. music as me. Yeah. yeah. And this book I've been reading, I told Julie that I really love. It's called The Screamless Marriage. And this marriage counselor, he says, a good relationship is not built built on commonalities. A good relationship is built on mm. integrity. What's on the inside? Yes. And I wish that we can have a little bit more of that in, in online dating, that we can expose our integrity, expose our core values pretty early on, as opposed to what kind of music do you like? <laughs> what kind of food right. do you eat? <laughs> you know, the thing is, though, okay, so Sadika, you're clearly dateable because you've been <laughs> listening for a while and you Obvious. know the ins and outs and we're doing this convo. But again, this goes back to empathy as maybe some of these people are just do succumbing to the lowest common denominator like mm-hmm. you are guilty of doing right so maybe we can go into it of i don't know where they're coming from maybe they do have this integrity but they're trying to hold their cards or they're trying to play the game or whatever yeah. it is but i guess what i'm trying to say is like i think we sometimes maybe need to take a little more control mm-hmm. in dating apps if we've mm-hmm. been enlightened like we need to be the ones that say okay i'm not going to text for 2 weeks nonstop with this person that this is a giant waste of time if they're never going to meet up with me. I'm going to throw out that I'd love to talk on the phone or meet up. And if they don't meet me, then I know. But instead of waiting for like them to be a mind reader and make those moves, I think so often, and this is like tied to gender roles forever, is women especially are afraid to do any of that stuff. And personally, I think like I heard this from on apps, like people were like, oh, you are definitely more forward and moving this stuff along Um, than other people I talk to. And I think mm -hmm. that is really important because we can't wait for other people to learn this gospel, right? And it's funny that we're saying this to Sonica because as someone who's known Sonica for so long, she's like the ultimate girl boss. You know, she's like the ultimate. I will go talk to this guy. I will get the job. I will do this. I will get the things I want. You've been so brave in your life in every aspect that it just boggles my mind that we are stating these things that are so core to who you are, just not in dating. That's wild to me. But that's what shows that yeah. anyone can fall into this, right? Yes. It's like the perfect yes. example right there. That's exactly what my frustration is, because it's the application of these, the, you know, the, the way that we're dating now. It's the it's the way that modern dating is in that you have to use these apps and these apps don't fulfill the same level of 
what I bring to every other part of my life. I, I cannot force any of these people on these apps to rise to that level. I can only hold myself to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, because I'm doing all this stuff that you're saying, UA, I'm on this app and somebody's giving me 10%. I'm like, okay, I'll give you nine. You know, like I, like I don't have, I don't have what it takes. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't come at it with a hundred percent all the time, every single day. And like consistently have this, mm-hmm. like just, it's frustrating as a person who is proactive in every other part of their life to have to have only this tool, which is, in my opinion, inefficient. So I would argue, though, you can make it efficient. You're you're saying it's an inefficient tool. I would argue why even talk to the person that's only giving you 10%? Like why even give them 9%? Just give them 0% yeah. if they're giving you yeah. 10%. Like, I think that's the only way out of it. Like, not to like diminish the frustrations with apps, because I know a lot of people share this, mm-hmm. but it is what we make it at the end of the day. And, you know, like some of this, not to say to justify bad behavior, mm-hmm. but this is the world we're in. And the if the option is we just don't do it, which, you know, if that feels right to you, then that's definitely an option. But it also feels like we can decide how we use it. Mm-hmm. I know personally for me, I was not spending a lot of time swiping when I met my current partner and even my partner before that. I was really using it minimally only with people mm-hmm. that were meeting me where I was. So I think a lot of it's how do we interact with the apps also. And like we've said, yeah, we're the only ones absolutely. that we control. That's the big takeaway, I suppose. So do you find yourself using apps differently um, these days? I've kind of decided to use them as uh, like auxiliary. They aren't the primary, right? And I think that we've been conditioned mm. to believe that apps mm. are the primary way to meet somebody. But maybe, maybe mm-hmm. because COVID caused us to stay in and now there's an opportunity to go out. I think that I'm I'm feeling the energy differently. I think that people on apps are like, yeah, sure, let's connect here. But what are you doing outside your house? <laughs> where, like, where are you going to do something? Mm-hmm. And people are, it feels a little bit more open to just be in a space and make a connection to somebody. Also, I, I was just traveling recently. And so of course, you know, jumping back into traveling and I was traveling solo for some time, it causes you to be obviously vulnerable a little bit out there, but you recognize how quickly mm-hmm. if you just go to a bar by yourself, somebody there is going to connect because you are open and there and yes. you're just kind of having mm-hmm. a drink and chilling and yes. hanging out and nothing has to be anything. But I was able to make really cool connections with people while I was traveling alone recently. And they're great memories. I don't have to date these people. We don't have to connect and be friends forever. But it was it was a cool moment in time. And if you can bring that back into your life. So the dating app itself is just an auxiliary, like another component of your dating world. And you're doing other things, then I feel like that's going to open, hopefully open my experience up to other opportunities. I think you can bring that mindset though to dating apps also. Like mm. We've talked about this before. It's like, what if you just look at it like, would I invite this person to a house party? Mm. You know, I'm going to just talk to them like I met them at a house party. Mm-hmm. I don't need to decide if I'm going to date this person. I don't need to decide if I'm going to marry this person. I just want to decide if this person looks interesting yeah. enough to chat with and then from the convo, I see if there's more similar yeah. to that. So I think, I guess the biggest takeaway I have 
in general with this conversation. I mean, I think we are all byproducts yeah. of our culture and, you know, we all feed into the culture, but it's also, you know, to make mm-hmm. change, like we need to be the change. And that can be really difficult, especially when you feel like, what's the point if everyone else is going to be doing something differently? But we all control like the karma and the narrative and what we want in our dating lives. And in today's world, more than ever, mm-hmm. you know, there's no right way to date anymore. People want all sorts of things. We do need to kind of get intentional of what we're looking for and stay true to that. In this whole notion of like our date self versus our real self, I definitely have been guilty of that too. I remember like when I was doing the serial dating thing, my friend was like, I'm just so baffled Mm -hmm. that nothing sticks with you because you're so friendly and easy to talk to. And I think I was bringing a different version of me. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason in dating, we Mm -hmm. feel like we need to show up differently. But I actually think the key is to bring yourself and who you are is ultimately if you do meet someone to have a relationship with that's what's going to keep a sustainable long-term relationship not being this fake version of yourself so i think that you can do that on dating apps and use that as an opportunity Mm -hmm. to have less is more and really filter down the people that are you know matching your energy not have similar interests or all the stuff that we judge compatibility on today yeah it's huge to think about this is in our power and for some reason we kind of talk about dating apps like it's out of our control. (laughs) It's this monster that was created and now we're part of the system. Actually, no, we created the monster ourselves. So therefore we can kill the monster too. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Julie, if we can be the agent of change because we are part of the problem. So if we can identify we're part of the problem, we can be that change that it's needed. I remember this time when I was seeing this guy, loosely seeing this guy uh, that I really, really liked. I was so smitten with him and he hadn't texted me in like three or four days. And when he finally did, I wrote back with a one word answer. I think he said something like, how has your week been? And I said, fine. And didn't hear him from him again. And I remember just thinking, looking at myself in the mm. mirror, I was like, who have I become? Right. right? This dating zombie. Like the, mm-hmm. this guy I really, really liked. I waited three fucking days for him to text me. When I, I last time I checked, my fingers are working. I could have texted him myself. And when he finally does text me, right. I reply with, fine. What is wrong with me? So maybe we should just all look in the mirror and, and ask, mm-hmm. is this mm-hmm. the person I want to be? Who have I become as a byproduct of dating? It's definitely easy to blame dating apps, easy to blame your city. And, you know, it's it is harder work to actually get clear of what you're looking for Mm -hmm. and, you know, almost have the confidence to be like, I'm only going to pursue things that match the what I'm looking for. And it's easier to, you know, wait passively, wait to be chosen, wait to have that response or whatever. But ultimately, like we need to move in the direction that's going to serve us the best. And I think especially as women, we often feel selfish Mm -hmm. doing that a lot of times, but we have to be our own agent, essentially, an agent for change, which will help everyone, hopefully. Yeah, Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that and I I think that the unfortunately, and you're right, you can't blame the dating app. So you, you have to show up to whatever it is you have to control it you have to be your agent of change but that still means you gotta like walk through the muck you know like you gotta you're like you're in it and you gotta get through mm-hmm. it and you gotta you gotta go through it to get through it i guess yeah mm-hmm. you know like that 
optimism, it can be really difficult when things are, you know, not going your way. But just being like, this is all part of the process. This is just getting me to where I need to go and really believing that. Like I had a medium that we had on our podcast that was said, I think this really helps this day of, you know, you're going to go through a really rocky time, but at the end, they'll, you'll meet your person. And that kept me going. And, you know, people can believe in mediums, not believe in them. Maybe you don't have that, but you need something that keeps you going. Mm -hmm. And we can't let these people along the way discourage us and make us feel like less than and dumb ourselves down. I think anything that like removes our authentic self is not a long-term strategic approach to dating. Yeah, absolutely. It's a learning curve as well, right? Like learning how to date on these apps and learning how Mm -hmm. to kind of explore at what point do you show up in, in all of those different facets of who you actually are. Right. Well, don't give in Mm -hmm. to the bad dating behavior. We can rise up. And if you're thinking that way, there's bound Uh to be other people thinking that way. And if we can all just be accountable Mm -hmm. for rising up ourselves, then you're going to find the people who are rising up with you. I think the most dangerous part is if we say, well, this is how dating works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think next time you hear a friend say that, (laughs) tell them no. That's not how dating works. Maybe it is how it works right now, but it's not going to work like that in the future. So we can change that now. And then we can Mm -hmm. finally see there is optimism in all of this. There is hope because there are plenty of other people who are just as frustrated as you Mm -hmm. who want this behavior to change. And we just have to change it in ourselves first. This remains the greatest mystery to me because it's in our Facebook group, right? It's like I see the people in there that are all complaining about the exact same thing and having the same frustration. There's no good people out there. Yeah. But then obviously all of them are on there. So there are good people out there. So I'm just like, why can't these people find each other? It's so baffling to me. Yep. Yep. But maybe, yeah, maybe people are not showing their real self on the data gaps. And that's Mm -hmm. where we're getting into problems. Well, it's it's bizarre, right? Like even creating a profile. (laughs) It's a joke. I can create a profile with like four pictures and four quotes and that's supposed to kind of like cover who you are. That's why it doesn't matter. I feel like... I feel like the profiles that we've said this before, it's yeah. like we cannot be filtering off profiles. Like there's no way that you're ever going to know if it's a maybe it's a yes. If they mm-hmm. seem like cute enough, good yeah. enough, like just yeah. have a conversation. That's exactly. all you can do. Filter that way. I think the more we can mimic real life with dating apps and not expect them to be this magical yeah. new way, the better. And I think, uh, Sonica, you made another great point. Uh, another takeaway for me is we can't see these dating apps as the only avenue of mm-hmm. meeting people. Yeah. When you find connection in real life or in places that are unexpected, mm-hmm. it makes you more hopeful about the dating apps too. But if you are just in this dating app metaverse, yeah. mm-hmm. that is not a fun place. It's probably close to hell. And you probably just want to get the fuck out. So the more you can diversify the ways of connecting with people, it's not meeting people. It's not about romantic meetups. It's about connecting with people in different ways. And we put much less 
pressure on dating apps and expect a lot less from them. Yeah, we had Celeste Headley on our show Mm -hmm. last season, and she made a comment of, Mm -hmm. you know, there is that dopamine hit you get from any in real life interaction. So even if it doesn't end in a result of, you know, a date or a relationship, there's still something you got from the experience where online you don't get that. So I think that is a very real thing that, you know, we can bring some of the tactics digitally, but we have we're holding things to much mm-hmm. more of a result orientation on dating apps right. because that's the only thing we have to go off yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's exactly it. That's why yeah. it becomes so frustrating because it's like, you know, there's got to be another way to do it. Maybe it was also just like timing wise, right? We had a really hard couple years. And so now things maybe hopefully are shifting and changing and yeah. things will be like, well, can we can come back to this in a couple years or maybe a year or two and say like, what happened after? Do people open up more? I think that that's been really exciting. And that's you, that's going to be, uh, you guys have talked about it before too. It's like, how are people going to change their behavior? Because all of a sudden they were forced into mm-hmm. something where they had to take for, they took for granted the opportunity to be able to date. And now it's like, no, actually I do want to make a connection to somebody. Let me yeah, take it right. more seriously. So I think regardless of where we meet people though, the co- the yeah. real common denominator is ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the more we can, you know, be really authentic of what and intentional of what we're looking for. I know intentional is such a buzzword, but I do keep holding on to it because I think Mm -hmm. we do need a a direction. We can't just be roaming endlessly in today's world where there's so many potential directions. We need to have somewhat of a guide, but stay open to the possibilities. The question is, is this LCD? Is this the lowest common denominator (laughs) behavior I'm doing? Before you (sighs) act from now on, everybody, just ask yourself, is this LCD? Am I doing LCD? For sure. Yeah, that's what the accountability is, right? You have to ask yourself that question. Yeah, accountable to yourself. (laughs) Fabulous. Any other takeaways, last words? No, I think that that's, I think that that was a perfect one. Is this, yeah, you have to, I think that that was it. You have to ask yourself that because that kind of, that sums up all of the things that we were talking about, right? Like showing up, being there, having intentionality, like what is it that you're looking for? Being able to set the bar for yourself as well. Is it the lowest common denominator? Are you defaulting back to something because somebody else decided it's okay for that to be behavior that's allowed, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you came on the show, Sadika, because I feel like you put into words what a lot of people have been feeling, Mm -hmm. thinking, and haven't been able to explain because it is the perpetual cycle and we really just need to start getting out of the cycle or it's not a good place for dating. Totally. Yeah. You know, right? Like as dating anthropologists, as you guys are constantly thinking and looking at what that landscape is, what's on the horizon as far as modern dating, like this, that's why Mm -hmm. I was speaking to you about it. Because I was like, this has to do with like societal shifts. This has to do with social contracts. This is like unspoken. That's the thing that's occurring. Uh-huh. How do we rewrite yeah. this unspoken social contract that we've all fallen into? Ooh, Ooh I like that. Mm-hmm. I like definitely that. definitely need yeah. to reverse it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, well, Thanks, thank you guys. so much, Sonica. This conversation just reminds me of all of our <laughs> drinks conversations and more to come for all of our listeners. We also want to hear about your your LCD stories, your (laughs) ideas. We need to crowdsource ideas of how we can rise up and really get out of the bad dating, toxic behavior.
behavior that we're seeing today. So thank you again mm-hmm. for being part of the conversation and before for being part of the movement. Right. This movement yes, starting. Is. This is a movement. We're, <laughs> we're starting today, right now, the three of us and more people are going to join this movement. For our listeners, we also would like for you to join the movement. A way to do that is to leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. You know, five stars, a little something about why you like us because we really like you. So hopefully this is a reciprocal relationship and we will never <laughs> resort to LCD with you. We're constantly rising up and trying to bring you even better content every time. And you can always reach us at hello at datablepodcast.com if you like to tell us an idea you have for a show or be a guest on our show. Okay, we're going to wrap up this episode. Stay Datable! The Datable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Datable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay datable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.